Blog Talk Radio. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk there. So those are the first two announced. Um, 
there's quite a few more. It looks like it's going to be a 16-person field. I don't know if Dragon Lee will be uh, around to defend his crown, but who knows? We'll see. And we are, we're going to try something a little different this time. Uh, we're, we're going to start off with a segment called The Real Life Tag Team Partners. Um, this is kind of, I kind of want to get the feeling of the significant other of a pro wrestler. Just, you know, a 15-minute talk. And I'd like to welcome you to the show my inaugural guest, Ovi Sanavara. Uh, your significant other is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Willie Mack. Um, top of the top indie pro wrestler forever. Um, I don't know why he's not making more money than he is, but if I had my way, he would. But we're not here to talk about Willie. We're here to talk about you, Ophi. Welcome to the show. Hi. You can talk about Willie. That's fine. He's more entertaining than I am. Oh, no, no. Well, okay. The, <laughs> the, the, the burning question that, you know, my wife smacked me in the head before she left to go out for dinner with the ladies. What pets do you have at home? Uh, we have eight pets. We have three cats, a dog, three turtles, a gerbil, and one bearded dragon. Jeez. There you go. At least I'm going to get one download from my wife. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's it's a cheesy question, but you know what? It's not always about... You know, the wrestling, it's about the people, and, you know, it's its real life, too. You know, I always talk about my dog, and I, I'm proud to say I have a seven-pound chihuahua, and I dress her, and I'm as straight as narrow. I put my dog in dresses, but that's okay. A seven, your dog's seven pounds? She's all, all seven pounds, and she's hairless on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> well, I, Willie doesn't really like our dog, because I got him without him knowing so he just showed up after a show, and then there's a dog at, like, 6 a.m. in the morning just staring at him. So that's how he met the dog. <laughs> that's tremendous. I love it. Well, my my dogs, we we adopted her, and her come home forever home date is 316. Ooh. Yes. The jokes run forever. So <laughs> Oreo 316 says, I just licked your face. So she's a licker. So, but. Don't look at me that way. She's sitting on the couch staring at me. She's like, oh, I know you're Your dog knows you're talking about her. Like, why are you talking oh. shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes, Dad, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're supposed to be talking to her about, <laughs> about you know, uh, her favorite wrestling matches and, and who she wants to see Willie in the ring with. But, you know, how'd you meet Willie? What, was it a show? Um, was it school? It was a show. We met at a show. Um, it was around... 2012, if I'm correct, we met at a show at the Poppy Pineta promotion mm-hmm. in Huntington Park. So, yeah, that's how we met. I didn't actually met him before, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't even know he was a wrestler. Like, I just saw him in the crowd hanging out. But, yeah, that's how we officially met, like, around December of 2012. Poppy Pineda. Yeah. Man. I used to, like, run in Huntington <laughs> Park, which is my hometown. So, Yeah. That's cool. That was that was that was some good times. That was when there were more venues they were, down it was south. They were a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. So and were you a fan? Just, were you know. a fan, or were, uh, yeah, were you dragged to the show? No, I was a fan of wrestling. I didn't know indie wrestling existed, um, and I just kept going to shows, and that's how we met. Hmm. How did it happen? Were, were you going to buy a shirt um, or? Actually, if I'm correct, uh, the promoter for Pappy Pineda introduced us, and then that same night, Willie ended up walking me home, and then that's how we started talking. 
Oh, well, there it is. And the rest is history. As, as yeah, we just kind of just realized, are we dating or what are we doing? And then we just, we didn't really make it official. We kind of just grabbed a calendar and just picked a random date. And like, all right, that's our anniversary. Cool. I hear you. That's kind of like how me and the wife were. We were just kicking it and then, oh, okay. That's it. And we've been together. It's 19, so it would be about 19 years. So it's it's amazing, you know, when you meet people and, you know, when, when you know you're you're going to be cool. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I knew I was going to marry my wife, but I knew we were going to, you know, be around, be together for a while. And it was just cool. And she allowed Yeah, me. it kind of just happens unexpectedly, too. So it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It's different. Hear that, guys and girls? When you're out there, you can actually meet people at shows. You have to be sociable and talk, you know, between matches and during intermission. <laughs> but that's a – yeah, but see, though, you, you, you had the in with the promoter, though, so it's all good. Yeah, true. So I guess that was – that kind of helped. Now, I've I've been I've been keeping an eye on there's there's a, a, a wrestler up here named Drake Drake Frost from the Sacramento area, and he tends to bring his his girlfriend with him, and I kind of keep an eye, and he like won a big title down here, and you see her going nuts, and that's kind of what gave me the idea of the show, to, of this this segment to kind of get the feelings of what you see as opposed to know what the regular fans see. Um, can you sit and watch Willie? I can, actually. Like, when he wrestles in town or, like, if I'm at a show where he's at, like, I like watching him. I get excited. I become a fan again, basically. So you, you become emotionally – are you emotionally invested as a fan? Um, or if he's getting his ass see, handed to I him, are you like, oh, shit? Uh, no. According to what people tell me is, like, they see ex- see my excitement, but I don't cheer. Like, I'll cheer for anyone but him, which is weird. But I get, like, I get excited, like, when I hear his, like, music and he's coming down. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, look at him. But then I'm like, oh. Kind of hard not to. Don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get hurt. He d- he does have some of the illest entrance music out there as far as indies are concerned. Um how did he come up with it? Do, do you know, or did, did he run it by you? How did uh, his music? Or, what, I don't even know what he uses now. What does he use now? It's the same video Uh-oh. game one. Is it? It's, no, hey, it's um, been a minute. It's been a minute since he's um, been up here. I know he just used a song from the uh, Into the Spider-Verse out here like oh, a few okay. weeks ago, and he's thinking of making that his song. Which, honestly, I was kind of upset when he changed his theme song because he didn't tell me until I went to a show and I heard, like, a different song. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And, then it was, <laughs> and I was like, oh. So we got to the house, and then I was just like, Who booked uh, Danny Lamlight, hey. right? I was like, hey, so when were you going to tell me you changed your theme song, Apple? And then he was like, oh, my bad. I didn't tell you. I'm like, no. But I still don't like, like, his current theme songs, but I guess I'm getting used to them now. Now it seems to be that people are getting their own theme songs, where they're getting them made. And um, the Reno Scum have just released their theme song, uh, which I don't know if you guys got it in Vegas when they were there, but uh, yeah, uh, I think we did actually. It was I liked it. I ca- it's cool. I like they actually the sang the vocals. There, and, yeah. So you being a fan, other than other than Willie. Who do you like? 
Um, that's a tough one. Well, not really. Um, a Jeff it's Tom okay fan. to say funny bone. I'm it's a, fine. Um, I'm a funny bone fan. Um, I'm a Jeff Cobb fan. I'm a Scorpio Sky fan. A Brian Cage fan. Um, let me see. I'm a Candice LeRae fan. Uh, Joey Ryan. I'm trying to think of who else I can name, but I can't think of anyone right now. Reno Scum is actually my favorite tag team. They're, they're um, tops, hmm. and I'm not saying because they're from you know this area. They they are the shit, and they're really really good. Yeah, I just hope they can, you know, make some dough and, you know, do what they need to do. Uh, so when when Willie's on the road, do you do you go to shows? Do you do you hit up FSW or uh, any of the I, Vegas stuff? If the show's out here in Vegas, then like I'll go to it. If it's somewhere else, chances are I'm gonna stay home and play PlayStation. Fair enough. Because he usually hogs it when he's at the house. Kind of, I think he's actually doing that right now. We were just watching SmackDown, and then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go to this podcast. And then all of a sudden, I hear the PlayStation train. I'm like, damn it, it was my turn to play. But it's okay. I'll, I'll hog it when I hang up. I'm going to be like, Let, my turn. Get off. <laughs> See, I don't have that problem with my with my wife. She She gives me a certain amount of time to play, and then that's it. You know, it's just that that's the way it is. But... So we, uh, my wife went to a show for the first time in a while this past Saturday, and she, well, she's a huge fan of Christopher Daniels, and okay. just because she says he moves like Bruce Lee, he's like water when he moves, everything's so fluid. And I said, yeah, you know, I started seeing that guy in '97 out here. She said, oh wow, he's really old. I said, yeah, well, you know what, I'm old too. Um, what, 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 what indie person? <laughs> <laughs> what indie performer caught your eye back in the day? You're like, damn, uh, I, I, I got to go see you. When I started going to shows, I have to say Scorpio Sky was the reason I would go to shows. Homeboy got abs. That's basically like the first person that caught my attention. Like I saw him wrestling, I was like, who is this? What's his name? And I actually met uh, Sean Scoville at shows. So I was like, Sean, who is this? What's his name? Where can I follow him? And he's like, oh, that's Scorpio Sky. And then, yeah. So Scorpio Sky was the reason I was going to shows. This was back in SoCal. Saw him Saturday night, and he is still looking really, really good. He's, he's still ripped to shreds, and he hasn't lost a step since, I mean, the Rev Pro days. And that's going to be talked about with the guest that follows you. But that we're, we're going to go really deep in the old school of, of SoCal Indies uh, when, uh, when we get Taro on the line. But... I I know that performers have their dream opponent, and if you could book any match with with Willie, just for you to watch, who would it be? If I can book a match with Willie just for me to watch, damn. That's a tough one because I already have, like, a favorite opponent that I love to watch, and I can watch him wrestle all day and not complain. Fuck. B-Boy? No. Oh, um, well, I tried. Um, no, my favorite opponent of his is Brian Cage, actually. Like, I love their matches mm. together. Him and then also Jeff Cobb. Um, were, were, you, were you up here for King of Indies Mania Weekend? I wasn't, but I ordered it oh, online. Man. I was watching it with my cat. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. 
I mean, that was just a I whole different. I match with um, Horace for that show. The opening match was really good. Well, Horace is was underrated before before Lucha Underground. Before that, yeah, he, he was, was really underrated. Then he blew up on that show, and then it's like he's all over. So it's you know that's good, man. He's a good kid because I saw him before when he was the El Eo Del Rey Mysterio, and that's kind of not a good thing. You can't really follow. Yeah, that's that's when I actually saw him too. It was at the Papi Pineda Dome also, where he was under Eco Del Rey Mysterio. Oh, I mean, you knew the kid had you know he had some talent there. It's just that you you can't carry that. You, it's just not possible. You just really can't do it. But yeah, and then now Ophie, he has his own name, so it's a little better. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, we'll get Ray Horace up again for this year's King of Indies, and, and I'm kind of hoping we're going to have. Hopefully, we'll get. Will, don't, don't let anything out of the bag. I just hope that Willie comes in again for it, just because it's always Hopefully, fun to do. Yeah. Um, you know, they've announced a couple names, and they're doing it really slow because it's July, so they they'll do like a name a week or something. But we're we're not going to let anything out of the bag. As far as that's concerned, I don't need any promoters get beaten down my neck. But Opie, <laughs> it was a it was a fast fifteen fifteen minutes. I appreciate your time. Um, it wasn't too bad, was it? No, it wasn't. It was great. First time doing okay, this. Okay, cool. It was fun. Well, if if you want to uh, throw your your uh, your PS4 name uh, ID out there, if you want people to uh, play Fortnite with you, throw it out, and they could they could get with it. And... Uh, I'm really bad at video games. I actually play Apex Legends more now, but my PS4 would be San Vero One Zero. There you go. See, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have you throw out your Facebook because that'd be just kind of creepy. Um, well, I'm on. But, I use Twitter and Instagram more. There you go. There you go. Well, Ophie, it was fun talking to you. Uh, give Willie a high five for me, and uh, I will. Hopefully, we can. Hopefully, we can get him out of here sometime soon. I, I miss seeing him do his thing. So, but yeah, it was hopefully fun. fun. So, have fun in doing the rest of your show. All right. Thank you, and have a good All evening. Right. And have go grab that controller out of his hand. I am. I'm about to. I'm actually going back to the house right now. But all right. All right. Bye bye. Okay, that was Ovi Sanvara, the real life tag team partner of indie Mac, of uh, indie star Willie Mack. Wow, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, well, all right, enough. I'm not going to even play a commercial. We're just going to jump right into it. I'd like to welcome to the show a man who deserves everybody's fucking praise. AEW needs to kiss his ass. PWG knows about him. Um, Hey, there would not be the indie boom that we are currently in without the pillar of the the early indie uh, indie scene here in California, the legend Taro. Kevin, welcome to the show. You know I respect you, and you know I was there. I'm still trying to get Marcus Mack and Paul Adams to give me the fucking tape of you and Ultimo Dragoncito. We have to get that online. (laughs) I mean, I I, I know we talked about this before, but let's break it down. How in the hell, you know, who didn't show and you had to take over? All right. So let me me just backtrack here. Unfortunately, most of my matches are on DHS. More people I saw me through the Super Dragon Evolution DVD series, more than they ever saw me back in the wrestling days. There's like three matches of mine that I know of on YouTube. And I just tell people a clip of, like a music video of me and Dragons. They are just watch this. It's five minutes, boom, watch me get beat up. Um, so anyways, going back, so this is uh, August of 1997, I believe. 
I was already refereeing at this point, and more or less, this is pre Rep Pro, this is the American Wild Child, Blitzkrieg. Cooper Dragon would have been uh, 17 at this time. He was just barely getting started. And those are views that we were just trying to get whatever work we could, and everyone was kind of scared of us because we had some training, but like me, I had like no training except for wrestling on a trampoline versus Super Dragon growing up because <clears throat> we talked about our relationship. He's my cousin. He actually spent most of his childhood growing across the street from me. So that's how I, I made it a joke that, hey, my fault you have PWG, but I could say it's my fault you have Super Dragon. So whoever got beat up by Super Dragon, I apologize. But I'm ranting on and on here. Eventually, um, more or less through Ron, American Wild Child, he made a connection in Tijuana because him and another guy I know used to go sneak down. When we go to TJ, see shows, they would film the videos. They would just bring their handheld cameras, tape videos, and train them or whatever. And through that, he made connections with uh, AWC, American Wild Child made connections with Conan, Sikosis, all these guys we knew. So we started to get a little bit of our foot in the door. In our style, you know, if you saw it, you know, if anyone saw our style, we more or less were trying to do a combination of, like, Japanese wrestling and Lucha Libre. And this is 1996, 97 at this time. And that's, that was not really much going on at all. And um, so long story short, too late, I know, is that we made a connection up north of Roland. And so he wanted to bring up to the Mexican minis because I think around that same time, the WWF was bringing in a couple of those guys, like they had mm-hmm. Mini Mankind, Mini Vader. So he wanted a couple of these guys up. So he's going to bring up Ultimo Dragoncito, who I believe is still wrestling to this day, and mm-hmm. Pequeño Pirofito, like the little, the little pair off. And the night before, I get a phone call from American Wild Child saying, hey, would you be willing to wrestle Ultimo Dragoncito tomorrow? I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. I don't want to wrestle. If anyone's ever saw me wrestle, here's what I actually said. I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to get hurt. And maybe you saw me wrestle. No, I got beat up pretty bad. But anyways, after about an hour or so of them begging me and pleading me, because they said I'm the only guy short of they knew who could do this last second. But my training more or less was refereeing about 20, 30 matches at that point and knowing stuff from just ref- working around with Dragon on trampoline. Um, I said, okay, sure, fine. If you need me, I'll do it. But I'm like, I'm doing the Blitzkrieg, ain't I? Because – Going up that show, it was going to be uh, Blitzkrieg and Super Dragon, you know, Blitzkrieg WCW fan, of course, against um, American Wild Child and Hellblazer. And they I know those same, that same match was actually, which not being Blitz, all four of those guys tried out WCW about a year later at the, uh, in Oakland. It's online. It they, is on YouTube. It is online. Okay, it is on YouTube. Yes, yeah, I know I saw a video of that through, like, a, someone taped off the satellite feed. So, yeah, maybe we'll see, like, the four-minute version of that match that's there. And uh, It was great. So I was there. there. It, it was there? great. Right on. So, yeah, it was great. It, it was, yeah, and how were people reacting to that match live? Well, the, people just the, like, the, the locals, you know, okay, okay, well, no, let's not say local. The indie fans were popping. Yes, right. And the, the you know, the uh, ca- well, not casual, but the WWF or WCW fans just didn't know what the hell was going on okay but the because those of us you know the hardcores we were popping we were going nuts because you know we're like we saw yeah. these guys and you know tape trading or whatever so you know we're aware but you know and, and people seem to react more to the tom howard match before i, I oh wow who did tom howard wrestle on that show oh it's on there i i, I don't remember okay i looked that up i'm just curious because you know yeah tom like howard that. was there 
Tom seems like he's gonna be he was gonna be a shoe in to make it pretty well. And I mean he had his he got a lot of time in like Japan, but I, he never really got anywhere in the in North America, so um but anyway, I think he, I, I don't I don't think he wanted to leave. Okay. I don't think he wanted to leave SoCal because he he did have a very young child. I think she may have just been born at that time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because I would see him in Indies here in California, in Vegas, NWC. I would see it. I think he was Zuma in NWC in Vegas, like an indie group up there. And then I remember seeing him in Mexico as uh, T.C. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know about T.C. Martin. Oh, yeah, of I went course. To their first, I went to, like, their first ever show <laughs> to see Stabu at first with Bobby Bradley. How about that? Ah. <laughs> Tell you how long I've been around. <laughs> Man. <laughs> We're old, oh, bro. God. I know. <laughs> but that group is, like, 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 such a weird hodgepodge where you'd have Honky Tonk Man, and then all of a sudden you'd have a match of, like, I think it was, like, I didn't go to the show, but it was, like, cage match of, like, Sabu, Mr. Q, like Cactus Jack, and like Jim Neidhart or something like that. You know what I mean? It's such a weird group. They bring Ultimate Warrior, but then you have Rob Van Dam and Bobby Bradley for tag team. Jim Neidhart is the Ku Klux Klux Klan, dude. Yeah. Against Virgil. Yeah. Yeah. Sabu Cactus. I had to go for that. I had to go back to Vegas for that one. You know, I went there a couple times. See. Terry mostly. See Tabu Terry. But I don't know if that food exists, but some of that stuff was pretty good. I know they had a TV show for a little while. In Vegas, but I don't know if that's circulating nowadays, especially because that's VHS, and who knows what's out and about these days. Um, I actually, I actually have, subject. I have Total <laughs> Chaos on my computer. I have an MP4 of Total Chaos. Wow, they're they're big commercial tape. So wow, I didn't know yeah. they had a commercial tape. Oh my goodness, um, that was the so one. Going about, which, what was on that show? Was that what was on that tape? You don't let me ask. That me. had the oh, you know what. Oh, you're going to really make me look, aren't you? Oh, uh, I'll you. I, I, while you're looking, I can no, finish no, that no. story about my first match. Oh, go right ahead. Because <laughs> we never finished that. So the one thing I told them was, I said, because I met some Blitzkrieg, I'm like, I'm taller than Blitzkrieg. Why don't you just use him? And like, no, 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 you're, he's taller than you. Uh, and I've never, and, and so I didn't know. If you, <clears throat> if you're off to give your office visa expired, they know they're kind of across the border. I go to work the next morning, just hoping I'm not going to get the phone call because I was dreading it because I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I get a call saying, "Hey, your mom's sick. You gotta go." And I'm like, "Oh shoot!" So then we drive from Orange County up to Hayward, which is like a good five six hour drive. I'm terrified. I mean, people who saw me backstage that night, I, I, w- I was an idiot because I was just, I was frantic. I was facing back and forth. I was just so nervous because. You know, not that I'm just making my first match. Literally, I'm like 12 hours, 24 hours notice. But I'm wrestling a guy who actually wrestles in Arena, Mexico. And if, you ever, if anybody's ever seen Los Tito, my gosh, even to this day, he's still pretty damn good. It's, and, um, and here I was, you know, my Spanish was limited. He didn't speak English. What helped is I had a manager. I had, well, I had a referee who spoke both English and Spanish. case anything went wrong, we made a simple, like, seven-minute match. And uh, I remember Jared Benson is my manager. That was fun. Um, the one thing that I thought was kind of funny was I made sure to stand back to back to Blitzkrieg and I had a good half inch on him, which, you know, is what it is. It worked out for him because Friday night APW, the next day there was an indie show at the Lake Elsinore Storm Baseball Stadium where Ultimate Dragon Tito was going to wrestle me again. But uh, Blitzkrieg wore the Ultra Taro Junior gear, took my place, and wrestled him there. And then on that Sunday, I was, gonna, I was supposed to wrestle Super Dragon in Bakersfield. But after that first day, 
I went home. I couldn't get out of bed for like the next day because you know I'm just not used to that. Used, you know, you know you can practice your roles and all that, but when it actually happens, it was the first time. God, it's brutal. You got killed <laughs> by a mini. Yeah, I know that was the first. That was the first time, not the last time, but the first time. <laughs> Are you aware of the little show? Do you, know, do you know the little show is? Have you ever heard of the no. little show? Mm-mm. Okay, the very first Revolution Pro show. At the Art Dojo, the main event was me versus a guy from Vegas. Um, he's like four foot three, and he outweighed me. That was the funny part. And I'm like five seven, and I'm wrestling a four foot three little person. And um, and the joke name was the Little Show because you know the big show and the Little Show. So he beat me to the choke slam. So yeah, that was a weird period where I would do like a match versus the mini, and then the next month I'd be wrestling like Super Dragon in a tag team match. It was a really weird time <laughs> when my pro first started. But I I know I have a couple of those shows on VHS, but I got to get that converted somehow. All right, I got it. Here we go. Total Chaos. We have Sabu against Cactus Jack, the Desert Death Match. Yes, I was there. Is that the the one at the casino, right? Yeah, that was the one in the casino where he uh, uh, got pinned on the blackjack table. table. There was a powder on the blackjack table. I know somebody got a photo of it. It was a live blackjack table, but I guess the cameras didn't get out there, right? They wouldn't let anybody out. Uh, they wouldn't let anybody out of the casino ball, into the casino, unfortunately. But there were pictures. But... Out there. Yes, I've seen the pictures. Uh, Cactus Jack promo, then Sabu against Cactus Jack again. Cage match with weapons. Oh, I was and then Vir- okay. Virgil versus Terry Funk, branding iron match. <laughs> oh, boy. See, there's, there it is. That's your hot fog right there. You get Virgil, Terry Funk, or Sabu Cactus. Oh, it gets oh, weirder. God. Powers of Pain promo. Oh, boy. And then the Powers of oh, Pain wow. against one of the most underrated tag teams ever, Ariel Assault, Bobby Bradley, yes, and Rob yes. Van Dam. I was, oh. I was like, please don't tie the baby Ariel Assault. That's fantastic. And, and then the the ultimate, and then an Ultimate Warrior good. promo. Didn't he run the hockey on the show or something? I thought he did one match for them. I thought he did a match for them. I don't know if they put out a second tape, but this was, this oh, okay. was the main one. Wow, that's weird. The main, the last thing is a promo, not even a match with a warrior. That's that's interesting. Because the, the beginning of the, for a, the 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 beginning of the tape is it's not it doesn't go right to the stuff. It's a it's a promo for uh, the warrior, his gym oh. and his. Oh, his, that's uh, when he had the warrior the warrior school. Yeah, I mean, yep. yeah, yeah. He had the training school in like 1995, and I'm assuming the Phoenix. I think that's where he was at that point. Were you living in Phoenix at that point? I think eventually he ended up in New Mexico. I, I can't think off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, last time I was in Vegas, I remember that group was, they did Sabu versus Terry in, like, a, a chain match. And I and <laughs> I bought a branding iron, and it actually got used in the match. <laughs> Somehow he had Mr. Toyota, Wally Yamaguchi, you know, who recently passed away, who people remember on WFTV. For some reason, he was matching Terry in that match. And Terry screamed for the branding iron, and, I'm, and while he already found him, I'm like, Terry! I'm front row, and I took my thing iron in the ring, and he used it. I was like, oh, good God. That's my big mark out moment, because Terry's pretty much my favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> anyway. were, were you there Were you there for uh, Dan Farron's show, where he showed up, and there was a yes, the police yes, being called? Yes, I was there. Yeah, yeah, because um, they talk about that show a lot on the uh, that six or five super podcast. They were talking about that. Well, hey, I was there. Yeah, the front row um, on the on the front row. Uh, if for Revolution Pro fans, there's in front of Ron American uh, Wildchild, myself, Matt Sinister, and Super Dragon, who was like 14 at the time. 
And I know Damo was back on the wide. Mr. Excitement was sitting by himself. But, yeah, we were there. And I didn't even know Damien. Saw, I saw Damien on FMW tape. I didn't know he was from Me- – I didn't even know he was Mexican. I have no idea. Like, what's, what's Damien doing here? And he was in Sabu's corner for that match against Al, you know, just randomly. Didn't even wrestle. He's just there to be in the corner. You think they would have used him. And that was after the classic uh, Warrior Hawk versus Dan Severn match. <laughs> oh. Gosh. Oh, yeah. that whole yeah, thing exactly. that whole thing is on YouTube thanks to Roy Lucier. So that is that is good. up there. Um do yeah, you know Roy? We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a long story. Yeah. Um we're both from Garden Grove and uh we met each other in junior high school. And oh, wow. um yeah, more or less, uh I mean I I he made connections with like Ron and that whole circle and then I ended up meeting Ron through him and and everything just stand from there, but I'll just say that I don't want to go into it because, you know, it, we're going to have a bad falling out a long time ago, and it is what it is. I'm glad to see what well, he's doing. To, I, I saw to, him, to, I saw him this, past, this past Saturday night. He was at the APW show, and, uh, uh-huh. you know, he's looking good. He's got wife, kids, and, you know, cleaned up yeah. his shit, and, you know, he's good for him. doing yeah, things good, right. Yeah, because so. yeah, I know he, he had problems. Believe me, I, I, I knew him for a long time, and I knew he had his, his problems, and, I was, and something happened. I'm like, no, and I, I had to step back and... It's all right. I'm yeah, but he's well. he's he's doing well, and you know he's going through tape collections and putting all kinds of weird shit up, and you know that's cool, man. You yeah, know, I he's, thought, he's got. I thought he has. You know, some, good I family. So his old tapes, he still has it. Yeah, you know, it's it's good. It's just good to get footage out there, and I'm like, I could definitely appreciate that. Um, I think what were we discussing? Uh, all right, so yeah, we went through NWC. So what what other questions do you have for me? Because we talked about my incredible debut match, my seven minute match where. The only thing I remember is that I didn't even know how to wear my gear. I literally had the, the strap was supposed to go over my crotch on the outside, not even the inside of my costume. I didn't even realize it until later. I was like, I was like, why is this dangling loose? I'm like, oh my gosh. And then the we didn't know. Probably the guys laughing at me. Believe me, I know. But you know, good good thing no one noticed of the of the dude, walking, like you know. Dude, how many people did that? We were, we were so baked that night, it didn't matter. Oh, <laughs> it didn't That's matter because you know what. That's good because you know what I did get redemption, kind of redemption because I I knew it wasn't like horrible, but because I, I was in there with someone who was good, I didn't totally think out the place, but I know Roland wasn't too pleased. But you know what, Roland brought me back like five years later or so. I don't know if you were there when I wrestled Dragon. I did one match with Dragon that did more than 2002. I want to say it was, which was interesting oh. because Sarah Del Rey wrestled Dragon in the opener. And then later, Dragon wrestled me in the main event. Nope, you know, wasn't there. We did our, we did that. Yeah, it would have been like September. I, I want to say two thousand two, maybe two thousand one. I believe it was two. So and he flat told me, I'm like, I never thought I'd want to book you again. I'm like, well, thanks for doing it. <laughs> you know, so that's the last time I would have wrestled up in the uh, the Bay Area. Not only wrestled, come think of it, but the only two times I wrestled in the Bay Area was for APW. What did you think of Rowan? I mean, he was he was fine the second you know the second time the first time I, I kind of kept my distance because I was just such a wreck because I wasn't ready for what I was about to do. But the second time, you know, he was fine. Like I said, he when he filed says to me, I never thought I want to book you again, and he was happy with what I did. So I'm like, okay, that's great. I appreciate his honesty, and believe me, I get why he said it. <laughs> you know, I definitely wasn't ready for what I was being put into, but you know, you got to try to make the most of it. You know. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the garage? 
I'm glad it, I'm glad that something like that existed because it, there was nothing really like that. And I would think that, you know, if anybody saw Revolution Pro back in like 2000, 2001, there is some similarities. I don't know if it was intentional that we found a, a you know, I'm, we were trying to find a place to run a school and I'm sure the garage is like, hey, this is what these guys did. Let's see if we can get like a place in the industrial park to set up a ring We'll train and eventually we'll do shows. We did it for a while until someone, until someone, another tenant came on a Friday night and saw a bunch of people here and then complained to the landlord. Then we got kicked out, you know, but it is what it is. So maybe they want to know why we got kicked out of the first dojo in Anaheim, which that was a really cool place, you know. I don't think I ever saw footage of that. I, I mean, I would think if anybody saw anything within my July match with Dragon, that's the one that got the most circulation by 2000. But that was a cool place, that, except for the, you know, had a ring at the bottom, they had the upstairs office, the upstairs area, you can just, you can just hang out, and we had a little backstage on the on the ground floor, it was, it was good. But the garage, the garage had more air conditioning, I can tell you that much, I don't remember sweating my, my ass off, you know, like I did at the Dojo in Anaheim, but it was cool, it was good to have, like, that kind of environment in up north, because it seemed like there were more... Hardcore, I guess, smart fans, like a better word, up there in that little circle, all condensed in one area. Because probably don't even really much at all in the West Coast, especially in the late 90s. Like, mm-hmm. down in L.A., there was, like, God, like, I don't even know there was, like, 50 of us together in one place back at that point, in the, you know, in 96, 97. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. The kids that were sitting in that war zone in 97, we have Gabe Ramirez, who runs Pro Wrestling Revolution. Yep. Marcus Mack, who runs APW currently. John LaRocca, uh-huh. who had Premier up here and has helped booking oh, yeah. all yeah, yeah, wrestling. Um, I mean, there's people that, you know, stuck with the and yourself, company and on, learned. And yourself in this. Don't include yourself. You, you know, you were around. You were that show. Wow. Well, yeah, so I was there. But it kind of. Same thing you'd like later. It's down in Southern California because there were guys. It, early rough process, like Top and Tall War, used to come to shows. Our ringing out the way Travis, he, they just came to a couple shows and they eventually got in there and hanging out. There were a couple of rest, you know, you, know, you had um, Willie Mack's girlfriend on. Willie Mack used to go to, he didn't have a car. He would go to BDB Take a bus. The, uh, yes, he would take a bus to the sweat box and what's all, he'd be there at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, just be hanging out, doing whatever he could and and eventually he got in. I'm like, geez, look at him. And I mean, that's a that's a good success story for a guy. I was like, who's a juggalo fan just hanging out at like five o'clock? And then I hear what's going on. And I know I know, I know I talked to him a couple times, you know, just hanging out because I was uh, I wasn't wrestling at that point. So I was at most UVG shows, just helping, dragging out, and all the rest of the guys because you know all those guys were my friends and obviously dragging the family. So I helped out when I could back then. When you guys put Revolution Pro together. Did you think that it would spawn what it has here on the West Coast? No, oh gosh, no. We were we were just looking to wrestle, you know. And like I told you earlier, that you know our style was definitely not a traditional American style. And back in like ninety five, ninety six, you know, the the American groups didn't want to t- didn't want anything to do with any of us. And the Lucha group was kind of the more there was a lot of great Lucha shows going on in the LA area, but. It's kind of, that's kind of a more that's kind of a tight knit community as well, so it's really hard for us to get in there. We did a little bit later on, but um, so finally it's just like you know, a little punk rock DIY. Let's just do it ourselves, and we got our dojo in Anaheim, and you know, I believe I'm just 
got we were, like we were just get, we were whatever we could to get to wrestle and even mean we open our own school and just take what knowledge we all had. Like I didn't have much wrestling knowledge, but if they ever ordered videos from Riddle's, from Riddle's video in the late nineties or two thousand one, I would be the one who's doing all that. I do all the videotapes with all the get but <laughs> it tells you how long this was. Putting the same tapes on eBay over and over again, like once a week, you know what I mean? Just running seven day auction. Like, all right, you won, oh second place, you want this tape here, boom. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did it too. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it was helping to pay the rent of the building, you know, in addition to the handful of students that we had. And, you know, because Rising Sun was, like, our first student. And, you know, but he was already in because um, his family grew up knowing, knowing American Wildchild. So that was easy in for him. And it's just a fact of just getting our name out there. And, and obviously our our school ended up having some great credentials because later on we had, like, Scott, Scorpio Sky, Quicksilver, when the Young Bucks actually started formal training, they came to our school. You know, those are obviously, I mean, I was like, geez, that's crazy. <laughs> I saw, I saw yeah, Sky I, on Saturday. Oh, cool. Oh, he's and he looks right phenomenal. I, I, believe me, every time I see him, I, I just give him a hug and I'm just telling how proud I am of him. I'm just so happy oh. to see how, how, done, how well he's done. Because in 03, uh, no. you see the raw, 2003, you see the raw potential there. Potential, I'm like, gosh, I'm like, he's going to be so good, you know. And I and I'm, and it was like good because he was, I think he was thinking of you know he was doing MMA for a bit and I think he was down on wrestling. So I'm glad everything turned around and it's worked out really well for him. I think it was the the match he had with Scott at PWG, the retirement match, and I think oh, yeah, that's yeah. what kind of reinvigorated him. You know, he's like, holy shit, hold up, you know, there's something still yeah. here, you know, and now you know, I mean, he's a uh, he's going to be a major player for AEW. Uh, yeah, I mean, him and, uh, and unbelievably. I mean, the merch line on Saturday night it was insane for SCU. I mean, well, these guys have taken okay, so something and oh, freaking ran with it. Yeah, they they wrestled the Reno Scum and Jacob Fatu. It was an all star. Okay, cool. All star oh, six yeah. man. Just but Jake Jake Atlas and Shane Strickland stole the show. Five stars, legit. Oh, right on. Five stars. Oh wow! Stole the show completely. Right and good for Jake. Melter's face. He was on the other side of the building. But <laughs> it's, and it's good for Jake because I think I think he wrestled for Gorilla last year, and I think he got mm-hmm. hurt in his first match, if I remember right. Like something. Yeah, the four way. I think he messed his hip. Yeah, he messed his hip up, and also I never heard. I never saw him get that. Like, oh, no, that, that's 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 Douglas James. Oh, Dave got hurt. Dave got hurt. But okay, then why? Okay, that's what he. Cause I thought Atlas hurt his hip, so it was, it was Douglas James hurt his hip. Okay, I, I yeah, it was Douglas James hurt his hip. Yeah. Okay, because then I know he didn't bring Atlas back. I'm like, I wonder what happened. But then he brought Atlas back that last show, and people were blown away by the opener with uh, Trey Miguel, um, Jungle Boy, and Jake Atlas. Like, they well, had a come on. Open the last few days show, and people were just like losing their minds. I mean, I mean, the stuff they did was insane, and they hit just about every single thing. So good for them. People are good. Jake Atlas is going to get a lot more bookings now because, you know, if, if once people see that match, I'm sure. Well, he's, he's gone this week. Closure. He's yeah. gone this week. Well, he's in New York. I hope so. It's WrestleMania. He is. I hope you're, he's I hope booked. So. Yeah. Good for them. Good for him. You know, he's, he's, got a, now. Yeah, he's got a couple shots out there. And, you know, yeah. that, you know what? It's a good for him. He's a good kid. Yeah. And, yeah, and you guy. know, and this, and you know, this still kind of holds true, but it really held true when I was around in the late 90s or 2000s. You can do whatever you want on the West Coast, but it doesn't even matter unless you're on the East Coast. It didn't matter at all. 
can only do so much out west. And now there's a hell of a lot more snows. But, I mean, I remember, like, Ricky Reyes decided to move out east, just to, you know, move to, like, Philadelphia area in, like, 2002, I believe, just because he wasn't get – he was trying to make more of it in wrestling. And I'm like, jeez, like, that's, that's too bad that, you know, it, those guys wouldn't get booked because they didn't, people were going to pay trans to fly him out to the East Coast, you know. I think I even happened with the Bucks there in ROH the first time. It was crazy. You know, there's still that – I hate to say East Coast bias, but just – there's just you know he's, there's just more more uh, more groups that you know, get more money in I guess on the East Coast I'm not sure it's not cheap flight. <laughs> uh, West Coast is better, than, better than ever. Better is, than ever now. I can at least say that. Well, well, we are we're we're in a boom completely, and it's yes. been years now Absolutely. all over. Um, yeah. And especially the West Coast from Tijuana all the way up to Washington. I mean, all the way right. on the west. Oh, yeah. Everybody is making. Yeah, from the money. yeah from Defy. From the fight to the crash, absolutely. You know. you know that West Coast syndicate, man. Everybody's making money, and not just bookings. <laughs> I, yeah, good. And I mean, I, merch I, is I, I, yeah. flying. Oh yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad not, to see that because I want guys to make money. <laughs> they got yeah, exactly. all they can, you know. Exactly. Have you have you gone into the SoCal Uncensored Hall of Fame yet? No, no. Well, that's like a Southern California Hall of Fame. So it's different. And I've laughed. I made jokes with uh, my friend, you know, Matt Sinister. Cause I saw he made the ballot one year, and I made a joke like, "Wait a minute! I haven't even made the ballot. You made the ballot." I made a joke like joking around with him, and I'm like, "Oh, come on!" But you know, more or less, I make jokes of like. Realistically, I had maybe like a hundred matches, and, and more or less, like my actual influence is just what I did in the background, and just you know, it was just introducing Super Dragon to like. Michoku Pro, All Japan, Sabu, and whatever else back in, like, 94, 95, when he's a formidable teenager, and I'm, like, you know, discovering all these places to get Japanese videotapes, because around here, back in that era, those, it, was, it was so much good video stores you can get stuff from, so, you know, so, I, I you know, I, I don't have a, I have an indirect influence, you know. <laughs> well, the thing is, PWG would not be around if Super Dragon did not drop you on your head in Frankenstein's. It, it just is what it is. It is what it is, and that's that's my whole point. Is that right. you deserve the recognition because you were there with them, building and helping put down the foundation for what we currently have. And that's that's my whole point. And when I say that, I don't joke. It's the truth. That's a shoot, brother. Brother, um, thank you. Yeah, I go. <laughs> I was actually channeling channeling my inner Taz, but you know, yeah, all right. I'm five foot nine and. Way more than Taz, but and, and you know what? I'm I'm five seven. You know what's sad when I when I was introduced at five seven, one hundred fifty four pounds. That was adding weight to my actual shoot weight. How about that? <laughs> so y'all leave. Well, you know, you know what though? I it worked. It worked in ECW with Spike Dudley, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, is what it is. But it, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't care. I was just you know, back in that era, it was fun, and then when. It wasn't getting as much fun anymore. I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm done. I wasn't looking to do it. Well, career. I was like, my friends were all doing it, and it was fun. Eventually, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And yeah, but see, the thing is, though, you got out at the right time, and it made sense when you left, which was fine by me. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, the only, you know, if I could say minor kind of regrets, like, I more or less told, America, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever told anybody this, like, you know, in a public forum. It's like, 
I decided the end of 2002, like, this is going to be my last year. I'm done. I'm good. And, you know, I told American Wildlife, this is going to be my last year. I told Dragon's going to be my last year. And it's more or less like, okay, well, I want your mask. I'm like, okay. So we started out the mask program at that point, And I didn't know PBG was going to be coming around the corner, which was really funny because we always joked it's like PWG, for some reason, I was, like, super over there. And I'm like, these people aren't going to run through, are they? Why am I so freaking over? I'm not even wrestling Dragon. And me in – Thinking about it now, maybe that's why I was over because I wasn't wrestling Dragon. Because if you ever watch me in Dragon, sure there's people cheering me, but there's always those people who love Dragon. They're gonna cheer for him no matter what because he's was a total badass in that era. Obviously, if you ever seen the videos, and more or less, like I'm like, oh shit, it's been kind of fun to work PWG, and I didn't, you know, I, I think I did the one match back in last time I talked to you. Uh, you know, I think we did a show the week before, then the week after, as of in January 2009, I want to say. Sounds about right. That's the last time I wrestled Dragon Nose at PWG, when, like, 10% of the audience said, you knew who I was, so that really helped. <laughs> what, what did you think but of the run at XPW? I mean, but for me, it's, well, to go kind of deep on it, um, so I was there twice. I did a match. It was like their second ever show. It was um, American Wildside Yakuza versus myself and Rising Sun, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was meeting excitement against Yakuza and American Wildside. I'm going out some deep revolution pro cuts here. And they had us go out there and they told us, all right, go out there and do whatever you want to do. And you got like 12 minutes. That would be cool. And we go out there and the crowd's already laughing their ass off and then I come out Jay, Power Ranger Pikachu at me whatever you know and I kind of went over doing a quick dive and after like two minutes they're telling the referee for us to go home and we were pissed you know we were pissed we did go home and then we're going backstage we were, we were kind of openly complaining about it and in retrospect like oh that probably didn't look good you know and then eventually Wild Child came back and then I was brought back and I mentioned Matt to on YouTube hopefully people see that match that's actually a pretty fun match with uh, from the Olympic which for me that if anything for the well, FCW, the fact that I got to wrestle in the Olympic Auditorium, yep. to me, is, like, so fantastic because my father used to go to matches in the 60s at the Olympic. I went to a bunch of matches at the Olympics because WWF was running there for a while in, like, 84. And went to a bunch of lucha shows there, of course. But the fact that I'm wrestling there, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And that's just good. It was me, it was, you know, it was me and Rising Sun against um, Dragon and Excalibur. Blue Super Dragon. If anything to see that video, it's worth it to see Blue Super Dragon. That's the only time I think he ever wore that gear for a while. That's on video nowadays, probably. Uh, because I think he hated that gear, but he still wore it at least that time. And we did our match, and everything went really great. I think Rising Sun, like, something happened where I think he slipped on a springboard, and he was like, and I think it was a little loopy. And as we're going back, everyone's, like, applauding, going crazy, and he's really mad about, I think just the one little thing he slipped up on and he like kicked a trash can and just like was all mad. And all of a sudden, like, it was like the retro, the, you know, all you were probably all grass, you know, shoot. And it just got dead silent. I'm like, Oh shit. And I'm like, Oh, that's not good. And we go backstage and I remember, I think it was Steve Rosano. How about that name? I don't know the last time you were Steve Rosano. <laughs> Steve Rosano I saw him two years ago, him. two years ago at the <laughs> NorCal hall of fame. And oh, he was walking. God. Oh, good. Oh gosh. Why? I forgot he was, then he messed up for a while. Yeah, he, it, yeah, he got he fixed. Yeah, okay. He's just up to us going, what the fuck, guys? What else? We, what, what the hell do you expect us to do? 
you know, when more or less we're told, go out there and do your stuff. Like, okay. And that's why I'm like, well, I'm like, sorry, we do what we're told to do. And they're just looking like, is, you know, if you ever see us, we don't hold back. You know, we're going to do our stuff. You know, especially Dragon. If you ever know Dragon, Dragon doesn't give a shit. He's going to do, what, he's going to do his stuff. He's going to, do, you know. And I'm sure he's gotten to plenty of heat over the years at times where, you know, Dragon can do what he wants. doesn't care. You know. Dragon can be, can, be can be a dick. I could say it. Which is funny when people be me because they're like, you're related to Dragon? I'm like, yeah, I know. I've heard it before. Don't worry. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing with Dragon is that he could do whatever he wants, and the people will continue to want to see him, so he'll get booked. That's yeah. the way it is. He and, was, and, until this day. Until this day. I mean, I'm sure people still want to wrestle, but I don't think. Yeah, I don't. He doesn't, doesn't do it anymore. I don't know if they may ever saw when he last came back. I think that was 2000. God, oh my God, it was 2015. When he came back and yep. did the angle, they did that Gorilla Warfare match. That Gorilla Warfare match at Bowl in 2015 is, oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's brutal. It's incredible match. And that's fantastic. Brutal. For that style. And then next day, something mm. happened where he just messed his, I think he messed his, uh, his heel he messed up. I know he got messed up a couple minutes in. I'm just like, crap. And I'm like, gosh, I'm like, I hate, and I, and I, and I think that was it. I don't think he's come back since. And, and part of me is like, okay, good. I just want him to, cause I, I guess I, I go, you get beat up doing this. And I know he's been taking some abuse and I'm, you know, I want, what's that for him, you know? So he's, he's better off running, running PWG. <laughs> and same yeah. as Caliber. I'm glad, it's Caliber. It's like, I don't care. I, at the, I don't think he cares, but want to wrestle, which that's fine. Oh boy, Mad Bum almost got thrown out of the Dodger Giant game. Oh no, I've I've, I haven't turned on <laughs> I haven't turned on any game yet because like my my team's really off the bat start. Even with my thought, so I'm like, oh no. Sorry, my team's oh. the Angels. Did you did, the did you happen to catch uh, Bryce Harper's first few at bats? No, back I at seen, uh, I Nationals. Seen, no, no, and I haven't seen anything today, any push whatsoever. I knew Jason Scherzer tonight, so I thought that was interesting. I was like, all right, that's cool, but. I'll get some highlights later. Mm. Well, yeah. See, I, I don't watch WWE, so I'm watching right. the Giants and, and doing a podcast. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm going I know to. Uh, oh, that's right. Smack, I forgot SmackDown tonight. See? Yeah, SmackDown. I'm going to probably take my wife yeah. out to dinner on Sunday night. You know, it's not like there's anything going on that night. So, uh, I'm going to a minor league baseball game with Disco Machine at two o'clock. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Say hi to Mike for me. I love that guy. Oh, I will do. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've tried yeah. to get him on the show, but he just won't talk wrestling. <laughs> well, then just talk baseball with him. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know. That, yeah, that only goes so far, I know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I do an opening, you know. Well, you know what? I haven't done it. Oh, I did one for the playoffs. I did a playoff show. Gotcha. I usually do one for the beginning of the season, but this year I'm like, uh, I, I'm I'm not happy with my Giants. I mean, they picked up Pilar today. Hopefully that will help. Yeah. But, oh, God, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they they didn't help. I understand because my my team needs help already. I was like, oh gosh, but, you know, I don't know why I heard some people say the Angels are going to be good this year. I'm like, I I don't see it. Mm-mm. I don't see it. But you know, <sighs> hopefully I can not with the Astros in thing. that division, no. Yeah, no. Oh, gosh, no. There's, too, there's so many good teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because everything's at work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all wrestling on you. Baseball's at work, brother. <laughs> Oh, football too. Everything, yes. Everything's at work. Everything's at work. Football's at work. Come on. You find some old school wrestlers, they'll tell you how football's at work. Basketball's at work. The referees are all, are all in on the fix, brother. <laughs> you know, it, it's old timers are, are great like that. 
Speaking of old timers, uh, Cauliflower Alley's coming up. Have you ever gone out? No, I never have. It's yeah. It, it I'm guessing just because it, it's. I'm like I can't get. It's hard for me to do Vegas during the week, and I've already got like a bunch of trips coming up. I'm going to Chicago next week for to see the Cubs. The Angels play at Wrigley Field. AEW oh, is running that weekend. But then it turned out, you know, when AEW came up, I was just like, well, shoot. Let me try to get tickets. I got tickets for AEW, and then um, there's a festival called Punk Rock Bowling that's the same weekend, so I'm going to do AEW and Punk Rock Bowling, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to afford to go to Vegas in between those two things, so that's all right. Maybe one of these days. Although it might almost be too late now because it seemed like that whole that old generation is almost gone now. Yeah, I was there, really there's when not I saw, many left. Yeah, I mean, last year – for a moment, I was like, oh, wow, they're going to do it. They were supposed to have that uh, uh, Destroyer and his son do a panel about all Japan. I saw that cancel last year. I was like, oh, it's too bad. And obviously now that's not going to happen because I actually got to meet the Destroyer. In, I went to his park golf course, and uh, it's about 25, 30 minutes uh, from Buffalo. I, I was like, I went through road to Buffalo, and I'm like, I got to go see the Destroyer's park golf course. And he was just there hanging out. I, I spent like good like two three hours talking to him and his family, and just he was a great guy. I say. Was he wearing the mask? Yeah, that's not. When I pulled up, he wasn't. But literally, if you just go there during the day, he's just sitting in a golf cart waving at all the cars going by. And I also been trying to find the place. I didn't even know he was sitting there. I'm going there. I met his daughter, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm like, is this Survivor here?" He's like, "Yeah, he's right there." Did you see him? I'm like, "No." And I just start shooting the breeze, talking to him for a good like hour or so, you know. And then he's like, are you going to play? I'm like, yeah. And there was an older couple who played it regularly. And he's like, here, go play with them. I'm like, okay, and I'll figure out how it works. So park golf is from Japan. It's more or less a golf setting, but it's in a smaller park. And you get a bigger ball. And the ball's bigger than a, golf, on a regular golf ball. And you only have, like, regular driver clubs. No part anything like that. And every hole is, like, 100 yards or so. So it's a real, so it is like a really smaller. It's not mini golf. It's bigger than mini golf, but you know you'll have little different things that make each hole different. And I'm just playing around, and all of a sudden around the eighth hole, I, I see the golf cart coming. And all of a sudden, destroyer. All of a sudden, it's not Nick Byer anymore. It's destroyer, and he's just in character and just. And I'm like, and I'm just like, oh my god, he did this for me. I'm like, this is fantastic. So of course, I made sure to get some photos and and just talking to him, and then okay, and the people I played with left and. I'm going to replay the back die, and he's like, hey, kid, you got to hear it a little harder, okay? I'm like, yes, sir. I'm like, right, I'm going to go. And I guess he went home. And then, of course, like, I play the back die, and I go, like, one under. I'm even two under. I have to look at my card. And I'm like, oh, shoot, of course I played great when no one's around. No one's going to believe me that I went, you know, under par on the back nine. And then I, I'm done, and he came back in. He was still wearing the mask for a little while, talking to me and his, his daughter. And because where it was, is this plot of land he bought? Who knows what he bought it? He's probably owned it for decades. And his old house in Buffalo, his old house, he's had it for decades too, is like the next plot of land over. So he would just go home and hang out with his wife and then just come back and just shoot the reason me and just hang out. I mean, great. Oh, he was fantastic. I was hoping I would get a chance to meet him again, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. Have you gone to Cauliflower Alley? No, we are going. Next year. The wife has confirmed we are going next year. Next I told year, her we are. have to go before everybody dies. Yeah. I played that I card. I hate to say it like that. I hate to say it like that. Well, that's true. I, I, I played that card, and I feel rotten about it, but I'm tired of hearing all <laughs> the, the truth, though. I'm it's tired of hearing all, all the fun Vandal Drummond and Dan Farron stories. 
I, I'm tired of it. I want to freaking be there. I want to, you know, I party like it. With, I just want to hang out with Kurt. I love, I love Kurt. Kurt and I, when we hang out, we're all, the meal season is out, but when we do, we're all like, why don't we hang out more? I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> he's <laughs> not the most, awesome, like, the most random stuff. And just, Kurt, Kurt is a great guy. Love his, love well, now there's no excuse. He, he's retired now, so there's, there's no excuse yeah. not to. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's got to go to work or, or you know, anything yeah, he, like and that. He goes every year anyway, so, you know, he goes every year. And, you know, like I said, I, I just booked AEW and all that first. I didn't even think about Call Fire. I'm like, ah, you know what? Maybe one year if it's, around, if it's happening. And hopefully the the Las Vegas Aviators, the new the new Vegas Miley team be in town so I can get that into. Because I always look from, I always try to branch out and do more than one thing, you know what I mean, whenever I go anywhere. Right. I try to always incorporate, like, Baseball, beer, wrestling, rock and roll shows, you know, whatever else, good restaurants, whatever else I can get into. Well, sure. You don't want, you want to get the most, most bang for your, uh, for your air flight, air flight. You know, exactly. I, I don't blame well, you at all. I could drive, uh, yeah. Well, for Vegas, I, I, you know, it's a drive, but I think, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I think we drive off. For I'm you. Gonna make a bus back. <laughs> yeah, I know. For yeah. you, yeah. That's a rough drive. Yeah, no, I don't uh, want to do that drive. Yeah, no, thank you. Oh, you have got to be kidding. Uh oh. What what happened to your team? It what, is, the, what the door did you do to you? Hold on. It is five nothing. Bellinger just hit a grand slam off Bumgarner. Oh, who is the Oh, okay, T V is going off. Uh oh. I'm gonna Uh-oh, get mad done. and start you're using not, bad words. You're not even gonna address it. Sorry. You're not even gonna address That's it. That's it. It's done. Uh, That's too bad. Knockout blow. Knockout blow. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna ask you the question that my that my wife insists that I ask every single guest, what yeah. kind of pets do you have at home? I have no pets. You have no pets. So you're no, not I in my wife's good book. You know what? Even if I could, I can't because it would violate my lease because I literally have a 200-foot apartment. But the only thing I could have is a fish tank. And they probably die under my watch because I work, I work a lot. I pretty much work seven days a week between my, my current jobs. And, you know, I work a lot so I can have money to have fun, like – like I told you, I'm going to do next week, go to Chicago. I'm going to go to a concert after I've mocked the phone to you here and, you know, have a good time, you know, enjoy the life while I can. So I apologize to your wife. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, brother, it's been uh, a nice 45-minute conversation. Um, we yeah, could go longer, but I got that I got that Gino Rivera, that Seville Alvarez kid on the on the, on the the line. Don't, he doesn't don't like to mad. wait. Don't. Sorry, Gino. Yeah, he, he told you so, but – um, if people want to contact you to talk baseball and, and cooking and, you know, amongst other things, how could they go about contacting you? All right. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at uh, Lock and Lull. That's L-O-K-N-L-O-L-L. And if you're a fan of craft beer and or baseball, uh, disc, I work with Disco Machine on his beer baseball blog. That's at beerbaseballblog.com. Instagram is beerbaseball. And someone else got beer baseball on Twitter, so it's beer baseball underscore on Twitter. You can see whatever adventures we're getting into. Pulse our wrestling days. Awesome. Those people out there that are listening to this program, you need to book Kevin on your show. He needs to share his stories. Not just like, his shit oh, in the ring. Uh, I think it's, oh, God, don't, 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 don't let me to wrestle. Please don't let me to wrestle. No, 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 no. No, no. We, we like, oh, need God, road no. stories. We need road stories. That'll be for the next time. Next time will be all road stories. Oh, no. Because I, I, knowing, knowing the way that Ron Rivera, the American Watch Child, is, 
I'm pretty sure there was debauchery on and on and off of Highway well, Five. See, see, this is where I'm lucky. I missed the wor- I missed the most. Of, maybe not in retrospect. I missed the most debaucherous stories. <laughs> you know, I, I heard the debaucherous stories. Like, oh gosh, I'm glad I wasn't there for. The-. But I heard a couple of these things. Like, oh, I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> Even better. And one, 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 lost, one, lost sausage parties. Oof. One parting question: Have you seen the dirt on Netflix? Not yet. I read the book, but I have not yet to see the film yet. You have to see it. it the first five I, I minutes is going to blow your mind. Did they? I can't wait to see if they do the wrapping their dick in burritos to try to get their smell of girls off of them. Uh, I'm not saying nothing. Ozzy Osbourne. I, I know. Thank I'm going to kayfabe oh, yeah, you oh, on that bad. one. The podcast oh, is going to kayfabe yeah. the porn for a wrestler. I love it. That's fine. That's good. I appreciate that. Keep gave it alive, please. Yes. Taro, thank you for coming on, bro. Yes, it's been right. too fucking long. And it was my yeah, pleasure. Yeah, I know. Good decade. All right, thank you, man. Take All care. All right, brother. All right. Take care. All right, bye-bye. All righty, that was Kevin Ultrataro, a man who, you know, set the set the scene going in Southern California. Uh, I'm, I have uh, Gino on the line. Um, you know what? We'll play commercials after. I'd like to welcome the show um, the man who's – who's a heat magnet uh, on the indie scene. We don't have many of these people that, that tend to um, make fans want to kill them. But I'd like to welcome to the show the man with possibly the most heat in the southwest of the United States, Mr. I don't know. What should I, yeah, we'll go with Gino Rivera. Welcome to the show, Gino. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, man. Uh, just turn off the the Giants. Uh, Mad Bomb gave up a five spot. I'm done with baseball. I'm ready to talk pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> wh- where will you be watching Mania this week? Are you going to be on the couch or are you having a party? I will be in uh, my home, my giant home, by myself, enjoying peace and quiet uh, watching WrestleMania this year. Are you, You're not working at all this weekend? No, sir. I took the month off. I'm relaxing. I'm enjoying some much-needed time to myself, some much-needed healing, and I'll be back on the road in May. Sweet. So you are becoming the Ultimo Dragon of the Southwest. How many title belts do you currently hold? I currently hold three. Um currently going for four, so... Um, Actually, I should have four by the end of the year. We'll see about that. But right now, I am the uh, Destiny Wrestling Organization Full Access Champion, which I won in February of 2018 with Destiny Wrestling Organization in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I was. I am also the um, current CLW Cactus League Wrestling International Champion, um, which I won about a month ago as well. And I am the Cactus League Wrestling uh, Heavyweight Champion, which I also won about a month ago as well. So, I'm on a roll. What can I say? Hey, sounds like it. Um, you know, I, I you're one to not shy away from your roots. You are a Santino brother. Um, how how'd you get hooked with hooked up with uh, Joey and the group? I was actually on my way to the Staples Center to actually watch the uh, WWE when they came to town in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. Um, after the show was done, I was, you know, headed across the street, um, and I was flagged with a flyer that said, want to become a pro wrestler? And I said, why the hell not? I mean, that's been my dream. I just never knew how to actually 
you know, I didn't know if there was a school or you call a number or how do you actually become a pro wrestler? It's, it's a, it's a secret, you know, um, I actually found, uh, the road to my destiny and, um, I was, yeah, like I said, I gave up, I, I was given a flyer called the number. I met up with Joey and, uh, Sylvia and I started cheating, training, uh, immediately that week. How long did you train before you broke in? Um, I was in two, it was about a year uh, before I could even get into an actual wrestling ring. They would not let us touch the ring until we actually knew how to grapple um, and we would choke each other out, tap each other out. We we learned how to fight before we could get in there and entertain anything else. Um, so I made my debut in January of 2009. Who was your opponent? My opponents were Steve Payne, who is currently on Lucha Underground. Yeah, I beat him. And then uh, one of my trainers was Clay Montley, and um, I beat him in a three-way dance. Beat those two guys uh, with a victory roll, actually, for the one-two-three. And uh, I was actually successful in my first match ever. When you were in there with Steve, did you think that, you know, he would go on to, you know, wrestle for AAA, wrestle for Lucha Underground? Did did, did you – well, what did you think of him, you know, as far as a competitor and, you know, as a guy? I mean, Steve's a cool dude. Well, what do you think of him? Steve Payne is awesome, man. Um, before I even broke out into wrestling, one of my major uh, lucha trainers was Steve Payne. Um, I did my first deja vu with him, and he just always, always, every single class we had, he would grab me, and he'd want to work with me and sharpen my skills and just make sure I knew – uh, the Lucha style before I get out into the real world of wrestling. And I have a ton of respect for Steve Payne. I did not know he was going to be as successful as he is today, but um, he deserves all the success he has and the brothers work for it. So I'm glad to see he's doing his thing, but I will never forget that I also hold a victory over him. So it's uh, Gina Rivera one, Steve Payne zero still after 10 years. Well, I mean, you are a proponent of of intergender wrestling. Um, what would you think going into your first intergender match? And I'm I've been I'm a little old, and you know I've partaken a little too much in the past, so I can't. My memory is not good. Who was your first intergender match with? Um, I'd say my first intergender match. I'm gonna say it was Mariah. It was somebody that I actually trained with coming up. Um, I basically I've known her my whole wrestling career, and I think my first intergender match was with her. Um, I could be mistaken. I I, I wrestled so many women, uh, so wonderful, uh, well-rounded women that like I can't really remember exactly. But whenever I think intergender wrestling, I think of Mariah, uh, Sade Sin. I wrestled Shelly Martinez, um, a bunch of uh, women that I've got in the ring with and I have a lot of respect for. Um, I do support intergender wrestling um, 100%. It's uh, ridiculous. It's fun, you know. That's what it's about. I agree. I agree. I've I've turned the corner, and I I, I used to be against it. I I mean, before seeing Thunder Rosa up here, I was – not into women wrestling at all. I, I really didn't like it. I, I was old school, and 
but then you know Melissa you know turned things around for me and now it's on a you know the women are on a completely different level you know and I mean Jesus they're headlining that show on Sunday uh, you know just saying <laughs> you know it's, it's that's ridiculous I love it I, I you know what they have turned the world upside down and and it's great and you know it's it's great for everybody um and those that are out there this week, you know, everybody out there in the, the East Coast, they're making a lot of money. Be safe, guys. Don't be stupid. Be safe because you've got a, quite a bit of bookings out there and quite a bit of merch to sell. It, it is a big <laughs> week for for the independent scene, not just, you know, WWE. It's uh, time for people to get noticed and time for people to make, you know, money for those down payments for houses. It You know, Absolutely. it's that week out of the year. But Absolutely. I agree. So uh, what made you decide to to pack up and and leave Southern California? When you know what made you decide that you know it's time for me to, you know, to move on? What what, what was it? Something go down, or you're just like I can't afford to buy a house in California? Uh, it was a multiple. Uh, I I'd say it was a bunch of things. Um, first and foremost, um, I I made a lot of money in California. And the type of house I wanted, look, um, I'm not, you know, John Travolta or, you know, any of those guys. So I I didn't have the luxury of getting that type of house, but I wanted a bigger house. And so I looked out Southwest. I found me something comfortable to live in, something I love, something I can afford. Um, If I ever want to do wrestling full time, I wanted to make sure I had my P's and Q's down. Also, I was tired of the same things going down in California. It was just the same guys, same companies, same workers, same everything. I wanted something new. I didn't want to wrestle the same guys anymore. I wanted to be in the ring with somebody that was better than me so that they could help me. Or, um, you know, if I was in the ring with somebody better, that I could help them, but it wasn't. It was just the same people. We're not learning anything new. The crowd's seen everything we 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 could have ever done in the ring. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to pack my bags and I'm going to go down and make some noise down here. And when I'm done making noise down here, I'm going to pack my bags and maybe we'll go down South and then we'll go down to the Southeast and we'll go up North and East side, East coast. So I'm just making my rounds right now. So I'm pretty much done with uh, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas. I'm I'm moving on. I, I want to make my way down towards the East coast. Traveling man. Absolutely. Nothing yes, wrong with that. Have tights. will uh, have tights. will travel. And yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you've been in the ring with you know a who's who, um, from uh, uh, Bob Evans to you know Sage Sin to uh, uh, your trainers, to whomever. What's been your toughest match? And I've seen the 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 shit you did with Sage. So I mean that stuff was rough. What was your yeah. toughest yeah. toughest match? Um. I've got maybe two was um, actually the recent one I did with the uh, WWE 205 Live. That was my toughest match for so many reasons and mostly emotional and mentally. Um, another tough match I had was with, with Sage Sin. Um, yes, she's a girl. She's a woman, uh, but she she can go and she can take as much as she can give out and um, – Sage Sin, I just got a ton of respect for. Um, she's one of my favorites. 
I'd say, yeah, just de- definitely those two matches that were very uh, – one of my toughest matches ever, you know, just the 205 Live and anything with Sage. Sage Sin is definitely Supreme's daughter. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. definitely. There's no if ands, or buts about it. She's as hardcore as he is, and, you know, much respect to her. Uh, she's stepped away. Not retired, but she stepped away. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming to do the family thing, which is good for her. You know, do it while you're young. Um, when are we going to get a little Gino running around at the shows? I actually have some Genos. Um, I won't give a number, but there, there are a lot of <laughs> little Genos running around. Just they're um, MIA from the shows, or they're in lucha mass at the shows. So. Um, I can definitely say I've got uh, one of each that are going to come up pretty soon. So there you go. So you you trained with with Joey and uh, Robbie Phoenix, and then you had uh, Mongo Santino just staring at you. Um, who who really just stuck it to you in that dojo? Because I know that that is probably the toughest school in the country. Um, who yeah. was just so hard on you during training? My gosh. Okay. So during the year 2008 uh, in Norwalk, there was a school called Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy ran by Joey Chaos. Uh, my trainers consisted of, um, of course, XPW's Chaos, uh, XPW uh, Slammer's Mongol Santino, XPW's Angel Exotico, Robbie Phoenix, Rico Dynamite, Steve Payne, Clay Montley, Carnage, and BC Killer. So out of all of those guys, oh, let's not forget Supreme, okay? But um, out of all those guys, the one that really stuck it to me um, verbally was Chaos. Mentally, I could say uh, Mongo Santino because he would rag on me and rag on me. That's all you got, kid. That's all you can. Come on, kid. Oh, that looked like crap. Oh, come on, you know. Uh, Angel was always a big component for me. He was just, you know, you got to do this sharper. You got to do this better. And Robbie would uh, get in there and kind of, you know, he'd move me around, man. If I didn't want to be moved, he'd move me around and he'd smarten me up. Uh, Rico Dynamite was always like a partner I had and, we do great things. Steve Payne taught me a little bit of lucha. Carnage was just more of the psychology part. Um, and Supreme and BC Killer beat the living daylights out of me. Uh, but it was all worth it because I learned um, longevity. I learned skills that I, 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 not only that I can use in the ring, but outside of the ring. And they all, as a team, helped shape and mold me. And they all gave it to me in their own different ways. Does that does that say anything? Does that help you? Oh yeah, make, it makes complete sense. And you know, it it it's not a surprise that you're you're blowing up where you're at. Um, Brody King is doing his thing. Uh, Jake Alice, who I just saw this past Saturday steal the show up here at APW with Shane Strickland. You know, he's doing his thing. And Douglas James, and and it, it's it's that that whole Santino brothers uh, bloodline. Oh, Ruby Rays was also up here. She uh, put a whooping on Heather Monroe, which was quite funny. Um, Just the whole bloodline from Santino Brothers, you know shit's done right, and you know you're going to get good stuff 
and you can get booked just on that name when you're when you're breaking in. You get chances at other places that so you know you it, it's a rep. It's literally a rep, and it's cool Absolutely. that that they are and they and they teach kids right and you know not just in ring stuff. They teach you you know how, how to be a a good human and and you know be an adult and shit. You know we all didn't have the best upbringings and you know they. You know they they took care of people and and I respect them for that and they always get my love and I always pour out that love when I see a Santino talent at a show they always get a Santino chant from me always yeah because it's a respect Absolutely. thing it's it's anybody my way of thinking Joey of, and the guys yeah anybody that's ever came out of that school I mean before you are released and and and. You know, you're shipped off to the woods and to go out and, you know, get into the ring in the real world. Uh, we were taught correct. We were trained properly. We know locker room etiquette. We know what's right, what's wrong, and we're also open-minded. We also go into a match. We go into a locker room. We go up to a promoter, a fan, and we also um, give them that same respect that was, you know, uh, uh, pretty much, I don't know, uh, it, it was given to us at school and we have to pass it on, you know what I mean? And if you look at the the list of names that, that has come out of that school, um, Famous B, Ray Rosa, Pinky, uh, Sean Black, uh, uh, myself, Brody King, Douglas James, Heather Monroe, Jake Atlas, you know, uh, there's another guy named Dominic. There, there's so many. Eli Everfly, we're all from Santino Bros. And anybody sees those uh, shirts, those, those, whatever it is, Santino Bros, headbands, anything, you know, we're, um, we're well-trained, we're ready to go, and uh, the respect is demanded and will be given as well. There's a reason that there's always a carload every November for Young Lions Cup up here. There's always a yeah. carload from Santinos, and that's just the way it is. It is a tradition. Now, we get the young kids that are coming up from Santinos. They come up in a car, and they come and they work the tournament, and they come out with their flag. They always get their respect because that flag means something up here in Northern California. It 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 means that we're going to get our money's worth and respected respect as well. Um. So, have you thought of training or or training people, or did you want to you know wait until your your career kind of slows down? You want to focus more on your career. That's the uh, great question. That's a great question. Right now, um, I've been looking to open up my own school in uh, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's been the goal for quite some time now because there is only one company that is running around here, and um, they're they're not as steady as other companies, you know. But um, everybody wants to be a pro wrestler, but no one wants to do the training, and everybody wants to. The ones that do actually want to train, they don't know where to go. They don't know if there's a school, so they enroll in, like, MMA classes, boxing classes. But that's not their dream. They want to be a pro wrestler. So I've taken on the liberties of looking for a building and possibly opening my own school. I haven't um, had the passion to, like, want to do it before because I was scared. I was like, uh, eh, who would want to be trained by me, you know? But um, I kind of find the kind of found my faith in myself, and I said, you know what, why not? I, I can give it a try. I've, I've gone, I've worked different styles in different regions, different type of people, um, from the vets to the green boys to, to the very top of the, the, the chain of 
working with WWE and then being in the Lucha locker rooms, working guys that don't even speak English, and I've always been able to adapt. And that is what Santino Bros has taught me from day one, to adapt in any situation. So I figured I can adapt into an also a trainer and um, possibly get the best out of the, uh, the people that want to be a pro wrestler in New Mexico um, and, and whoever wants to come down this way. So it's in the work. I would love to train more people. Um, I've got a long list of people. We just got to get a school name and a building, and that's it. So you mentioned WWE. You you did the show for two hundred five live, which was a hell of a match. Um, it, it brought me back to the ninety seven ninety eight shotgun Saturday night type of vibe, where Cornette would bring in the the name indie guys to to work against people, and it was it was it was a, a really fun match. Um, and then you did, uh, before that, you did the Rosebud stuff. Um, how did you get the 205 Live shot? I, I kind of know how you got the Rosebud stuff. That's kind of, you know, just a call. But how did you get the, the uh, 205 Live gig? Without going into too much detail, because I don't want to burn my uh, my bridges and all that. But uh, I've course. been working with the WWE on and off since 2015 when I did do the Rosebud um, whole thing, you know, uh, I've been working like security and I've done lap battles with them, uh, backstage segments, promos and stuff like that. And, uh, sometimes they'll have, you know, some trials before the show. They'll have, um, you know, like, let's see what you guys can do kids, whatever. And they will be from probably five or 20 of us. And we all have to work a match, you know, within this crunch time of 10, 20 minutes. So though, you know, basically let us get in the ring. I had a match, a little, I'm sorry, uh, everybody got paired up, and I didn't have anybody to pair up, of course, because everybody hates me. Um, and they kind of said, hey, you, you go with him. They switched everybody up. Yeah, you called your match. You did whatever you did. But now, hey, things are changing. You're going with this guy. So everybody got, you know, panicked. And um, I was partnered up with this one guy, and uh, we did a match uh, pretty much on the fly, and they liked what they saw. Uh, Agent Dean Malenko uh, pretty much said, what's your name, kid? And I said, Gina Rivera, and he said something else, and that's how I got my name. And um, it was off to the races there, and he's like, do you got any other pair of tights that you could use? And I was like, yeah, of course. I've got about 10 in my back right now. I'm ready for anything. And he's like, all right, let me see what you got. I put on something. He liked it. And uh, I got a match on 205 Live on February 20th, 2018 against Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado, which and it wasn't a squash match. They let us go out there and do our thing. We got to actually showcase what we could do. Not a lot, but it was it was a back-and-forth match, and I really appreciate the WWE for, um, for doing that. Uh, the agents in the match, which was Dean Malenko, I really appreciate everything he's done for me. Uh, I got three different names in that match, which is funny, but... Um, it was just a dream come true, and it was mentally and uh, physically nerve-wracking. So, yeah, there you go. That's the 205 Live story there. Hmm. Metalik, it's, it's a shame that he's on. He's stuck on Tuesdays. That guy is just unfreaking believable And, I mean, Lince Dorado has been – I've followed him since he broke in at Jakar, and he was a hell of a hell performer too. Uh, you know, and Kalisto yeah. is on a whole different plane. He's, I'm sorry, he's still Samurai Del Sol to me, and he always will be. He's just on on a whole oh. different level. Um, yeah, so have you? That. 
part of the reason why I got the gig with uh, 205 Live was Grand Metal League speaks very little English. Uh, I know enough Spanish and enough Lucha to go in there and do my thing with him, and that was pretty much one of the uh, probably 10, 20 reasons why I got that match was mainly Grand Metal League, who's awesome. I don't know how this guy isn't bigger than he already is right now. Well, <laughs> okay, we, we all know why. It's No one really watches the show. It's It's a shame. But it just is what it is. But you know, hopefully things can change with Fox. And but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, have you gone to Florida for for a tryout at the the uh, performance center? I have not. Uh, I haven't. In, I haven't been invited yet. Um, but I make. I will be making my way down to Florida in October of this year. So hopefully that will give them a little, um, you know, um, where they don't have to fly me out. You know. Um, I'm actually going down there for vacation, and maybe I can kind of, you know, be looked at or get seen and stuff like that, and I can only cross my fingers. I've got no promises, no leads or anything, but we'll see where that goes. But I have not been invited, uh, and I haven't had a tryout with the WWE. Being being a wrestler in the business, traveling, going to show from show to show, working with a bunch of different people, do you still consider yourself a fan? I will always consider myself a fan first. I still get butterflies. I still get the same feeling I get watching uh, other people's matches or seeing merchandise, watching it on TV, or um, whenever I get to, in the pay-per-view, some of those um, those warning copyright credits, I still get that feeling, you know, because uh, we all used to do the whole videotape thing. But um, which I don't want to incriminate myself, but um, you know, I I still am a fan. I, I I'm probably the biggest pro wrestling fan out there right now. It's just not really, um, I don't put it out there as much. But people that really know me know that there's nobody bigger, no 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 bigger fan than than Gino Rivera of pro wrestling. I watch everything and anything in all languages. Um, I'm not looking for a story to be told. I'm I'm, I'm watching pro wrestling. So. That's what it usually is, man. I watch Japanese. I watch uh, stuff from Mexico, stuff stuff from the UK. Anything pro wrestling, I'm I'm on it. When you were training, did you see, or did you have any any inkling or idea that we would we would end up in the middle of the boom that we're in right now? No, not at all, man. When I was training, I didn't even know what indie wrestling was. All I knew was WCW and WWF. I had no idea there was even an independent scene um, when people were saying uh, there's going to be a wrestling boom even into my mid-career. I didn't I didn't know what they were talking about. I was like, what do you, what do you mean, a boom? There's always been wrestling, but now um, being in it for so long, being around certain people and the business – uh, this is as probably as big as I've ever seen it. Or as a kid, I was fiending for more wrestling. I was like, oh, gosh, two hours, that's it? Now I have to wait till next Monday to watch wrestling. Or on Thursday, you know, that was like an advance. You know, I'd see Thunder or SmackDown. And then um, now today, as we speak, there's so many wrestling promotions, so many wrestling stream streaming uh, platforms that I can't keep up. I'm still watching stuff from like a week ago. Uh, I'm watching the New Japan Cup. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, um, I think it's called the G1. I'm, I'm still watching like Impact. I'm watching older stuff. And 
I'm just a big fan of wrestling, but there's so much wrestling that I don't know how to keep up. I have to watch two or three screens on my computer along with live TV on my television. So it's, this is a big, gigantic wrestling boom. And um, I can't complain because this is what I wanted when I was a kid. I'm an adult. I travel. I have a family. I work. Um, but you know what? I still make time for wrestling as much as I can. I'd rather watch wrestling than get sleep, honestly. That's how it goes in this house. Sweet. Well, Gino, my wife is giving me the go-home sign, so we're going to uh, wrap up. If uh, anybody wants to get a hold of you to, you know, to get you booked, um, preferably on the East Coast, or uh, do you have uh, T-shirts and and uh, merch available? If so, let's get out some plugs for all your stuff. I do. So, uh, if you guys want to book Gino Rivera for uh, any type of show interview, I also do music, uh, acting, modeling. I do it all. And you can contact me on Twitter at Gino Told You So, at Facebook, Gino Told You So, Instagram, Gino Told You So, and also check out my YouTube channel, Gino Rivera, Puerto Rican Wrestler Told You So. Um, as far as that, I've got some upcoming shows in Amarillo, Texas, El Paso, Colorado, Los Angeles, California, and, and Arizona um, all throughout the summer. Uh, my dates are just filling up, so there's plenty of chances to see Jim Rivera live and in action, living color. You won't be disappointed. And just remember, if you want to hate somebody, I welcome all comers. Hate on me. Now, one final question. I know you're a hip-hop head. I know you grabbed the mic. Who have you ever heard had the illest freestyle ever? Who was the one that when it came to a battle would just knock anybody out? Uh, freestyle battle. Um, I love, as far as freestyling rap, uh, there's people that write and there's people that just go off the top of their head. Um, there was a rapper I was totally obsessed with as a, as a teenager. His name was Cassidy. Um, he's from Philly, and he would just, I don't know, just anything he said, it would just, totally make me feel a certain type of way where I was like, there's nobody better than Cassidy. Um, there was also a, a rapper that was recently gunned down in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. His name was Lil Snoop, spelled S-N-U-P-E. And he was a 21-year-old kid, and he blew my mind as an adult. Uh, his freestyles were ridiculous, and uh, I'm just a total fan of hip-hop. I love it. Um, believe it or not, Famous B and me, we used to go and do some freestyles in the back locker room. And Sean Black. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. (laughs) We do a little session. Uh, We weren't good at the time, but uh, uh, we got to do a rap battle for everybody to see. But I challenge any wrestler to a rap battle, Um, whether it's wrestling, rap battle, music, whatever. uh, I will come out victorious as always. Well, there you go. The man is... He's a, a real-life renaissance man, and, you know, that's, you know, part of the reason I wanted to have you on, because you, you're, you are a well-rounded human being. Um, you're you're a, a, a positive role model for those of us that, that look up to uh, people that kind of cheat a little bit, but that's, there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you don't get caught. It's all good. Um, yeah. But, Gino, it was a fun interview, and I've been wanting to have you on for a minute. Uh, again, it was my pleasure have a have a good week. Enjoy Mania. Um, enjoy whatever you choose to stream. There's 
fifty freaking shows this week. Um, are you going to try to catch everything, or are you just going to you know use that little search bar? You know what? Fight TV offered me a deal for like a hundred nine dollars to watch everything, so I think I'm going to take them up for that. Uh, and I do have the network, which is ten bucks for Mania, which I'm kind of upset because all the free people. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, all the uh, new users, they get it for free. So I'm like, ah, whatever, cool. But um, I'm going to try and catch everything I can. Trust me, I'm not leaving my house for the next, I don't know, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably Monday, we'll call it a day. But um, I'm very excited for WrestleMania. This is my Super Bowl. This is what I I dream about. I live vicariously through all those people that are performing, and I wish them the best of luck. I'm um, definitely going to say Becky's taking it. That's uh that's, that, that'll that be the ultimate goal. Becky and Kofi, I'm a major fan of them both, and I hope they, um, I don't know, I hope they change the whole business when they come out on top at Mania. That's what we all want to see. That's what a, a guy like me, a Rudo, a, a heel, a bad guy wants to see. I want to see the good guy come up on top, which is probably surprising, but I'm definitely excited. Well, you definitely told me so, and it was my pleasure having you on, brother. I'm going to have to have you on again in the future and we could talk uh, more about you and Sage. We'll do a little deep dive into that that program. Definitely. I, I prepared four pages of notes that I, I thought we'd talk about, so we're definitely going to have uh, part two. So we haven't even scripted, uh, scraped the tip of the iceberg. So believe me, I've got a bunch of stuff, some stories, some some sad stories, some great stories, some hilarious ones. We'll get to it now, um, maybe on a part two. So thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it and hope to be back. I told you so. All right. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. Okay, that was Gina Rivera, or before that, Seville Alvarez, uh, Seville the Thrill. Um, he's a good kid. You know, he you know he, he came from, you know, not so good upbringing to, you know, owning a home, you know, in, in uh, New Mexico to working, you know, around the country as a pro wrestler taking care of business and family. Got to respect the kids' hustle. Um, all right, let's, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I was going to play a commercial, but I, I want to roll. I want to get out of here. I some TV to watch. Uh, this episode was brought to you by brownbutterwrestling.com. Uh, you can get uh, wrestler merchandise and other stuff on the website. And there's also a YouTube show, and there's... Uh, Fight Forever that's uh, popping up. So you can check that out at brownbutterwrestling.com. Also, Joseph DeFalco III Studios, based out of Las Vegas, at JD3 Studio on Facebook. And last but not least, the man who designed my Night of the Living Dead, I mean, uh, pardon me, my Dawn of the Dead t-shirt for this podcast, Mr. Joe Killjoy. You can get Joe on Facebook at Joe Killjoy Designs or on Twitter at Killjoy Designs. Uh, You can pick up Alternative Wrestling Radio T-shirts, that would be tinyurl.com backslash A-W-R-T-E-E, and our show archives, tinyurl.com backslash A-L-T-W radio. Um, Just a message for those that are going to be out this week, Um, wrestlers, uh, ring announcers, uh, owners, managers, referees, fans, be safe. If you have to take public transportation or if you have to carpool, do so if you're drinking or partaking. Be safe, man. We don't need any we don't need any bad stories. We just need good stories about great shows, great matches, merchandise sales out the window. You know, that's what we need to hear. We don't need any bad stuff this weekend. And I can't believe that there are three women headlining WrestleMania. 
you know what, more power to you, girls and uh, ladies, women, whatever pronoun wants to be used. Go out, kick ass, steal the show. Um, and it's going to be an eight-hour show, which is insane. But uh, go out and have a good time. It's, it's freaking WrestleMania. You know, it's for the fans. It's for, for you guys. But from uh, Northern California here, I'm Zombie Matt. I'm going to wrap it up. Have a good one.